Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ashley Klimmer, the Director of Programs and Community Engagement here at the Rothko Chapel. And once more, I'd like to welcome you and welcome back some of you to our monthly installment of Contemplation and Sound, where we're exploring the role of sound and music within different faith and spiritual traditions. And this is part of a larger series where once a month, um, the first Wednesday of the month since 2005, we presented 12 moments exploring spiritual and faith traditions. So today we're going to be focusing on the Baha'i community and the Baha'i faith. And <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> um, I've gotten a little turned around. <laughs> so today's entire program is going to be one hour. And if we have an opportunity at the end, we'll be able to invite some questions from you all to be able to engage in a conversation. And as a reminder, for those of you who might have to leave early or perhaps your connection is not stable, know that this entire experience is gonna be documented and we will make it available on Vimeo so that you can view it later. So with us today, we have Marcel Wormsley, who has helped to present this entire experience. He's a Houston-based poet, amateur musician, trained in percussion and piano, and an advocate for the arts and mental health. He's performed at live poetry events throughout the city and enjoys promoting local classical music concerts and organizations. Marcel has been part of the Baha'i community for over seven years. And with him today are several representatives from the Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'i in Houston, I want to provide a brief introduction for each of them. First, T.J. Stapleton is an educator who has actively served in the Baha'i community for 11 years. He will offer Baha'i prayers set to music with vocals and guitar. Next, Badi Halehian is an Iranian-American composer who came to the U.S. in 2014 as a Baha'i refugee and is currently pursuing his DMA in music composition at Rice University. His music is influenced by his Middle Eastern background, his social justice activism, and his passion for collaboration. For his musical offering, he will be singing a prayer by Abdul Baha in Persian, which he learned from his parents as a lullaby while accompanying himself on piano. Next, Robin Smith Retzloff, is a legal secretary working here in Houston. She has a passion for the arts and enjoys singing in her free time. She has served in the Baha'i community since the age of 12 in Africa and in Houston. And last, Kamal Kanjani is an Iranian-born business owner who has served the greater Houston community for nearly 40 years. He will close the meditation with a traditional Persian chant. So now I'd like with much gratitude to present the Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'i of Houston. Thank you all. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. My name is Marcel Wormsley. I am a member of the Houston Baha'i community and Ashley mentioned, uh, it's been about seven, seven and a half years now. Uh, I'd like to share with you some thoughts and reflections on the role of music in the Baha'i tradition. So, um, music is described in our writings, in our holy writings, 
as a ladder for the soul. Now, what does that mean, a ladder for the soul? Was well, essentially a way to elevate our, our minds, our hearts, our spirit in order to get closer to the divine. Uh, so music is, I believe, Abdu'l-Baha, who is the son of the founder, prophet founder of the Baha'i faith, Baha'u'llah, described uh, music as, think of a, a chalice, you know, a, um, a clear, empty chalice. And that is music. Fill that chalice with water and you have a pure, refreshing source of spiritual energy that gets us closer to the divine. So in as much as the chalice is clear and pure, in as much as our musical expression is clear and pure, then the teachings of God, the scriptures of God, uh, can be realized and manifested in a spiritual way. So basically in the Baha'i tradition, um, music is typically set, or scriptures are typically set to sound. So basically we have a holy writing, or a snippet of a holy writing, that we uh, pair with voice and uh, instrumentation a lot of the time. So <clears throat> what happens is, in a lot of our community building activities, such as study circles, junior youth groups, um, devotional gatherings. In most of these arenas, music is an essential part of our community life. Um, so typically for devotional gatherings, it is played at the beginning to get us in the spirit of receptivity. Abdu'l-Baha also mentions, sorry about my math, <laughs> Abdu'l-Baha also mentions that uh, in ancient Persia, there was, um, there was a musical, um, I guess, court staffer. Uh, I forget his name at the moment, but uh, he was usually brought in to the king's court if the king did not uh, show that he was receptive to a particular question or proposition. Uh, and so this court staffer, this musician, would play music to get the king into a mood of receptivity to soften his heart and, you know, enable him to make the, uh, the desired decisions. <clears throat> so basically, in the Baha'i faith, music is a communal enterprise. Um, so there are, I mean, there are practiced and well-versed musicians in the faith, but music is basically an organic um, process. And what I mean by that is during these devotional gatherings, junior youth groups, children's classes, uh, music is created often by people who are participating in these very activities. So for instance, in a study circle, we uh, use music or the creation of song to commit a particular writing to memory. And so, uh, and so in some cases, a lot of those uh, songs become a part, uh, woven into the fabric 
of the Baha'i musical literature. So what the audience can expect to see today is a wonderful treat. Basically, what we have, are trying to establish here is a slice of the soul of Baha'i community life. So these are pieces, these are songs that you are likely to hear in a devotional gathering, in a feast celebration, in a holy day celebration, uh, to get our moods, our spirits receptive. And so as Abdu'l-Baha said, we can ascend unto the realm on high. And with that, I'd like to introduce T.J. Stapleton, who will give us a voice and guitar. Okay, everyone, so before I play the song, that was a beautiful introduction from Marcel. Yes, these are songs that we play at devotional gatherings with other uh, people in our communities or from other communities as well. Um, just really quickly, many of the Baha'is uh, that became followers of the Baha'i faith initially were heavily persecuted from the clergy of the time in, in Persia. And... So many were imprisoned and put to death. Thousands were, and they still are persecuted today. Um, so one of the songs you'll hear later by another performer is a prayer. It's, oh God, uh, God is sufficient unto me. Uh, he is the all-sufficing. And this was chanted by a number of believers while they were in prison before they were being put to death by the Shah, the king of Iran uh, of that time. And they say that the chant could be heard by the king on the eve that he would be uh, putting many of these members, uh, these followers to death. And so it just kind of reverberated through the walls. So this prayer that I'm gonna sing is, uh, is talking about communing with God, like commune with the spirit of God. Uh, so here we go. My spirit, my spirit, the 
This is a thine essence of my command. Therefore, turn unto it. This is of thine essence of my command. Therefore, turn unto it, O Son of Light. O Son of Light, O Son of Light. O Son of Light, O Son of Light. Forget all save me and commune with my spirit, my spirit. This is of thine essence of my command. Therefore turn unto it. This is of thine essence of my command. Therefore turn unto it. So this last song I'm going to share um, is talking about unity. So the purpose of the Baha'i faith is the unification of all humankind, which... Um, the unification that entails of all different ethnic groups, language groups, and different, all religions. Um, so I'm just gonna share just a short statement from Baha'u'llah that talks about this. And it was during a meeting he had with uh, uh, English, a British scholar who was uh, visiting Baha'u'llah in Palestine at that time. And Baha'u'llah tells him at the end of their meeting he says that all nations should become one in faith and all men as brothers, that the bonds of affection and unity between the sons of men should be strengthened, that diversity of religion should cease and the differences of race be annulled. What harm is there in this? Yet so it shall be, these fruitless strifes, these ruinous wars shall pass away and the most great peace shall come. Let not a man glory in this, that he loves his country. Let him rather glory in this, that he loves his kind. Join in accord all the souls 
joining the chord, all the souls. Oh Lord, make these faces radiant through the light of thy oneness. Unite and bind together the hearts. Unite and bind together the hearts. Join in accord all the souls. Join in accord all the souls. Oh Lord, make these faces radiant through the light of thy oneness unite bind together the hearts unite and bind together the hearts Hello, um, my name is Badi, and I'm going to uh, sing you a prayer that, as Ashley said at the beginning, I learned it from my parents when I was very young as a lullaby. Uh, at that time, I didn't know that this is a Baha'i prayer, but as I grew up, I figured that's a very beautiful prayer in Persian, which um, it's a very intimate uh, prayer with God as a person who is talking very freely to a higher power. <clears throat> شود آن دل که بریان 
خدای پرت های زلمنم واقف جان و دل و اسرار من در سهرها جانم تویی متله بر سوزه مانم توی Hello, my name is Robin. I'll be singing uh, three songs for you today. The first of which is a song I learned while serving in Zambia. It calls on different manifestations of God and asks for their assistance. Babu, Babu Chinsu. Babu chin su, babu chin su zambi ta tak tu kwashi, tumulambi zambi ta tak tu kwashi, baha baha u. Talk to Kwashi. 
Tu molambi zambi tatak tu kwashi. Uh, the second song is one that TJ mentioned earlier that was chanted while Baha'u'llah and his fellow followers were uh, imprisoned. God is sufficient unto me. He is the all-sufficing. God is sufficient unto me. He is the all-sufficing. Let the trusting trust him. Let the trusting trust. Let the trusting trust. Let the trusting trust. Let the trusting trust. Gol alayakfi ankoleshayan. Gol alayakfi ankoleshayan. Vaalala heifa. Yateva kelo, motevak kelun. Yateva kelo, motevak kelun. And the third song is a short prayer. It's one of my favorites, and I feel that it's fitting to this space. Blessed is the spot and the house and the place and the city and the heart and the mountain and the refuge and the cave and the valley and the place and the city and the heart in the mountain where mention of God hath been made and his praise glorified.
Well, I'd like to say a warm thank you to each of our presenters for that beautiful collection of music and history. I don't know about you all, but I'm really interested now to take this little time that we have left to explore some of what we just heard and to learn a little bit more about it. So we do have an opportunity for Q&A. We're going to take a moment to transition uh, toward that segment. And we're going to invite you while we're, we're going through that process to enter in your questions into the chat box. Um, and then I will share those with the group. See you shortly. Okay, well, welcome back, everyone. And I have with me a couple of the presenters here today, and then we're going to switch it up so we'll have a chance to, to hear from, from everyone. Um, so I have with me Marcel and TJ and Badi. Um, so thank you all. Oh my gosh, so, so much interesting uh, history and also your voices. <laughs> the music is just really, really incredible. I, I wonder if we could start, for those in, in the audience who are not as familiar with the, um, the Baha'i community, maybe TJ, you could just share a little bit about your community here in Houston. And then I'm specifically concerned, I know that you guys, so much of your work is really focused around community and around social justice issues. So maybe you could just share a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so I've been a part of the Houston community for about 11 years now. Um, the, the, one of the components uh, for working with the community in the United States especially is racism. And so I know that's one of the the major components around social justice for the Baha'i community 
uh, in Houston and, as, and throughout the United States. So there are national efforts as well, but as far as Houston, from my understanding, one thing that was established through working uh, to heal racism was the Center for the Healing of Racism. And they put on meetings, they used to put on uh, meetings that would uh, just gather people from the community to talk about racism and their experiences around that. Um, and I know one, I remember reflecting on one meeting that I attended, uh, tried to get the participants to reflect on how they felt with, in regards to a certain situation that they had experienced. Uh, so that's one of the, the organizations, like formal organizations that I know that was uh, established through working towards that, that effort of, of healing uh, racism in Houston. That's great. Thanks for sharing. That, that's something I, I wasn't familiar with, so that's great to know. So, Marcel, you um, kind of curated this experience today and, and put together a lot of this program. And as we learned, music is such an integral part of the faith. So I'm, I'm curious if you'd maybe just share a little bit about how did you even approach this process and uh, maybe some of your creative decisions of who you invited and in, in the songs that you featured today? Well, um, I essentially started off with um, kind of a blanket um, invitation to the community uh, at large. And um, I did know, I did realize that we had a, a Baha'i sort of musicians group that was kind of converging, you know, on the, on the uh, cusp of coalescing together. Um, but it never really fully materialized. Uh, but I still wanted to tap into that essence. So we do have a lot of, as you can see, very talented musicians and vocalists within the Baha'i community. But uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, it's a very grassroots effort. And um, so there is no like music ministry per se. Um, we all just kind of come together organically and share thoughts, ideas, and collaborate. Um, you know, whenever we can. Um, so I kind of approached it as inviting a friend. You know, hey, you know, you, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a uh, world-renowned, you know, <laughs> Baha'i musician. Uh, in fact, that's uh, a little bit of a misnomer. There is no uh, Baha'i music per se. It's, um, you know, there are no Baha'i standards as, you know, uh, like jazz standards and things like that. Um, there are, like I mentioned in the introduction, there are songs and pieces and things that sort of find their way into the warp and woof of the Baha'i community and community building activities. Um, so I understood that, um, you know, we have people who are in the community who are ready to express themselves, um, who are eager to take advantage of an opportunity such as this to showcase their, not only their musical talents, but the words, the writings, the spirit of the faith uh, before a live audience. Um, and I think it was a very receptive uh, response. And um, yeah, that's how I approached it. You know, I, I wanted to get a good variety as well of um, languages uh, because <clears throat> 
the, in the Baha'i tradition, music comes from all kinds of different places, all over the, all over the world. And there are many different languages and many different cultural contexts. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to kind of reflect that sort of worldly uh, atmosphere um, in, in, the, uh, in the specific curation of, of uh, the talent, the, the friends that we see here today. Well, I, I think you definitely did that. And, and I would say here in Houston too, it's such an international city that this also was a, a nice reflection of that as well. So I thank you, I thank you for that. I'm, I'm really curious, uh, Badi, the, the lullaby that you shared with us in, in Persian, you said that, you know, as a child, you really didn't know much about the piece other than you knew it as a lullaby. Um, it was in Persian, so many out there like myself, I don't, I just know the words were sounded beautiful, but I'm curious if you could share more about the meaning of that piece and maybe how it changed if it has at all from your understanding as a child hearing it and then how you kind of interpret and understand it now. Um, so yeah, I mean like, I cannot remember when was the first time that I heard this uh, song because I remember my parents sang the same lullaby for my younger brother when, when, he, when he was like two days old. <laughs> so probably I heard the same thing from very early ages. Um, so like the, the prayer is basically is talking to God. It starts with, uh, oh my God, uh, you're the kindest and the purest. And uh, every morning I come to you and I uh, start talking to you and you are the solver of all the problems for me. So basically the whole song, I actually sang part of the prayer and Maybe through the time, as you asked me, um, I, I felt more connected to part of the prayer. So like these are the songs that always come to my mind whenever I want to uh, be with myself and God, and I want to talk to God. So I use these uh, quotes and Growing up, I also learned how to play this song, and it also it changed because I I focus on the parts that I like more, and then uh, musically also, uh, my perception about the song has changed based on the parts that now I feel more connected with. That's great. Thank you so much. And I want to share just a couple comments from our audience members. Um, Lorena shared so beautiful, and Patrick and. Sharzad said thank you. <laughs> TJ, I wonder if you'd share a little bit, the, the two pieces that, that you shared, I'm, I'm curious if you could just share a little bit of background. Are those original compositions? Are they contemporary or traditional? Yes, yeah, so these are prayers that I learned in devotional spaces. So actually, uh, Marcel kind of tricked me. I thought this was just gonna be a devotional space <laughs> with a few people, you know, and wasn't, uh, I'm not a performer, uh, as you can tell by my, uh, my limitations with I, the guitar and voice. I don't believe that, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> You just proved so yourself wrong, my friend. The, <laughs> the first prayer I learned in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was played to a piano, and I just thought it was such a beautiful prayer. And in that space, kind of similar to where we are today, 
uh, people just started singing in unison. And just, I didn't know the prayer, and so I just started learning it as he was playing. And so the words of the prayer are from the Hidden Words, by, written by Baha'u'llah. And there, there's, the Hidden Words is a, a compilation of uh, short prayers that Baha'u'llah wrote, and they're very poetic. Um, and so it says, O, o Son of Light, uh, uh, com commune with my spirit. So commune is to be very intimate, right? Like the word to commune is uh, God is calling a believer or a soul to come and be intimate, be with God in, in that space. And so uh, I did not grow up a Baha'i. I was never really comfortable with saying prayers in a in a space with other people. It was always my understanding, understanding was to say it um, privately, you know. So for me, it was a, a pretty big progression to say prayers in this type of space. And then the second prayer is uh, from a, a Baha'i writing, uh, simply talking about unifying humankind. And so yeah, that's, that's a, a common prayer. You can hear other versions on YouTube of it. And so the central theme behind the Baha'i faith is unity. Um, that's the sole purpose of the Baha'i faith. Uh, it's, it's as simple and as difficult as that. And so that's what that prayer is talking about. And so it's, again, yeah, these are sung in many devotional spaces throughout the world in different languages uh, in, that, in that type of setting. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So so both of those pieces, that, or all three, between the two of you all, are prayers, like the, the pieces that you sang. And this is a question that just came in from the audience. What are the traditions of individual or con um, congregational prayer in the Baha'i tradition? It sounds like we just experienced that. I'm wondering if there's anything else that any of you want to say to that question around the traditions of individual or group prayer within your faith. Well, there are um, there are group uh, you know hymnals and things that um, there is a choral ensemble actually um, in our um, up in Chicago where our house of worship is our national house of worship and so they sing. Uh, traditional Baha'i songs that are, or songs that have been, uh, you know, circulated throughout the faith and passed down over generations, uh, and some contemporary literature as well. Um, but we do, um, we do have a, uh, I guess, an essence of communality, you know, um, in our, uh, in our, in our prayers and, in some of our uh, songs. Uh, so some of our songs are call and response. Mm -hmm. um, so we have, um, you know, a lot of interactive back and forth, uh, push and pull, that kind of thing um, within some of our traditions. And, um, but there, uh, I believe it was uh, Shoghi Effendi, who is the guardian of the faith, the grandson of Abdu'l-Baha, uh, he mentioned that there is, in one of his writings, um, that there is no formality um, in terms of uh, 
you know, communal prayers and things like that. It's all, it's not, it's never required, a required part of any particular gathering, but it is customary. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it kind of speaks to the Baha'i uh, tradition of avoiding kind of a ritualistic uh, manner, but it, uh, it, it really kind of focuses on the organicness mm-hmm. of, uh, of just coming together singing in unison, spontaneous singing uh, in unison, mm-hmm. uh, call and response. Um, a lot of these are, you know, especially in devotional gatherings, when you get to a Baha'i, that's one of the things that really entranced me about the faith is, you know, coming to a space mm-hmm. where you are together with friends and you're spontaneously creating music. And, and singing, and, and it's, it's just a beautiful experience. Or, but it's nothing formalized. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, just as we come together, as the Spirit moves us. Mm-hmm. And from, as you were talking, it, it really sounds like it's kind of at this praxis of personal and communal, you know, both at the same time. I, on that note, one of the questions we received uh, from one of our, our folks out there uh, tuning in is really a curiosity around and as much as each or all of you all want to share around kind of your, your, uh, your personal um, journey to the Baha'i faith um, of how anything that you want to, let's see if, could each musician share their own personal history in the Baha'i faith? <laughs> so, um, and it doesn't, you know, just if any one of you wants to share maybe just a little glimpse into whether it sounds like you it's been a part of your tradition from the beginning, and it sounds like that's something you found later in life. Uh, so, yes, I, uh, I was born in a f- Baha'i uh, family, and I grew up as a Baha'i, although uh, Baha'is believe that, like, you need to do your own research to figure out what's, what you want. So, and then you do it usually before the age of 15. So um, I've done that. But I wasn't uh, mature enough, I guess, at that time. But over uh, in my 20s, I started questioning lots of things. And I, that was the best thing that happened to me because it pushed me to learn more and not just being a Baha'i because of uh, growing up in a Baha'i family. And I started doing my own second research to get the essence of the faith and also, I studied other uh, religions and uh, lifestyles also. So, yeah. Um, and I think this search and this learning is a continuous thing. So every day, I think we learn, and that helps us, helps me at least, uh, to be stronger in my faith. That's great. Thank you. Can we go, you want to go next, or? I'll, I'll be brief. Yeah, um, we just have a couple minutes left. Yeah, so I, uh, I found the faith in 2013, um, you know, after um, many years of not having a faith. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household, but I got away from the church and, you know, had my own period of exploration. And, uh, and I heard a snippet on NPR, uh, the, the local affiliate here, that um, talked about the faith's principles, some of the basic principles core principles, um, such as the equality of men and women, the eradication of all forms of prejudice, universal education, so on and so forth. All these wonderfully beautiful progressive views, and um, I never 
I never really uh, had an encounter with a faith tradition that explicitly espoused views like those. So it really uh, turned me on to the faith and plus looking on the websites and seeing the people gathered and, you know, in intimate settings and playing music together and, and things like that. It really uh, turned me on to the faith. So I, I declared, yeah, in 2013. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. TJ. Yeah, so two of my brothers died prematurely, one of them in a motorcycle wreck when I was 10 years old. And then the other, uh, he had slight cerebral palsy and he died uh, over complications, uh, breathing complications. And uh, so I, I was really searching myself. I uh, also grew up in a Christian household. My parents had really good friends who were Jewish. So I kind of was exposed to different religions growing up. And my parents were always very open. Uh, so for a time, I was really atheist. I didn't really believe in God. I didn't know. Um, of course, I was going through a, undergoing a grieving process. And so oddly, I befriended uh, a, an old uh, Holocaust survivor through one of these courses I was teaching for these high school students, college prep courses. And he asked me an insightful question. He said, because he was taking me to synagogue. He had no family of his own. So he asked me to go with him. And so I would go and have these really amazing experiences at this Orthodox synagogue with him. And then he asked me, are you doing this uh, because of your own intellectual curiosity or for your own spiritual development? And so that really struck me, that question, um, because we'd have a lot of in-depth conversations. And so before this, up until this, I really believed that all the religions were the same. And so I was really kind of frustrated, like, why are there so many differences, like, so, such differences in division when they're really teaching the same basic principles? And even genealogically, they come from the same source, Abraham, like, the three main religions genealogically come from the same source. So I was really struck, and I wanted to understand that. And so when the Baha'i faith, when I learned about it, uh, made sense. And it turned out one of my undergrad professors who I took for these Islam courses uh, is a Baha'i himself. So, sorry, that's the really, really short version, and I, I shared a lot. But think, No, yeah. that's so great. I really, I think that one of the beautiful things about these experiences are that we're, we're hearing in a big kind of macro way around kind of an insight into different religions, but then also really being able to experience it through the personal story. So I, I deeply thank each of you all for being here today and for sharing um, on a personal level, the, the role of, of this music and this faith in your life. And, and I'm sorry, we're out of time, my dear friends, so we didn't get an opportunity to, to hear from our other two presenters. But on behalf of the chapel, I want to thank each of you all for being here today and for sharing with us. Thank you out there for joining us once more. And we have a couple exciting things coming up here at the chapel. Um, we are celebrating our 50th anniversary, in case you didn't know. And so February 26th to 28th, we'll have a series of programming that's going to be offered um, on the actual anniversary of the original dedication and consecration of the space and of the obelisk. So please go to our website, rothkochapel.org, to learn more. And then I do hope that you'll join us next month, uh, March 3rd, as we explore the Hindu tradition. So thank you all. Be well. <laughs>